0: Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. Good morning. How are we, Generations Church Online? I love you. I miss you. I'm so excited that you're here as a part of our 11 o'clock service on this Sunday morning, April the 26th. We're live, live. We've had all kinds of crazy stuff happening again today. Uh, Now I feel like I know how newscasters feel and weathermen and all that kind of stuff. When they're live, like if they make a mistake, it's a mistake. So we're glad you're here today. You know, I hate that we can't be together uh, in person. That would be my preference. And you know, over the last few days, there's been some changes in the way we have operated here in the state of Georgia. Uh, I updated you via video uh, just a couple of days ago, but I wanted just to kind of bring us all up to speed. Uh, In what we're trying to do and what we've decided to do as a church for the near future, Um, you know, earlier this week, uh, Governor Kemp came out with a new order to change uh, some of the, the mandates that he had had given up to this point related to the economy and different organizations and businesses And uh, as a part of that, there was a lot of clarity. And so over the last few days, we've begun to see a few industries and a few organizations open up and reopen with different kind of recommendations and requirements and how they could operate. And over the next few days, we'll begin to see more and more of that take place. And so there was a lot of clarity about certain things. There was also a lack of clarity about other things. And the church, we felt like as a staff, was a part of that uh, category of things where there wasn't a ton of clarity. Now, as a part of what he uh, pushed out to the the state there was an opening for churches to begin to meet together online uh, in person again excuse me but it was also recommended that churches continue to meet online if possible and there's a few reasons for that as a part of the order that he uh, the executive order that he published uh, one of the things that we read and, and sought wisdom and counsel in is that if you could not guarantee that people could stay six feet apart as far as physical distancing, then you couldn't have more than 10 people together in any one facility. And so for us, that would mean we would have to limit our gatherings to 10 people because there was no way to ensure that for everybody in the building, we would be able to stay that far apart, uh, even in family groups and that kind of thing. Also, daycares and other child care facilities were closed. And so for us to be able to do any kind of kids ministry uh, was going to be impossible uh, in this season. And then even little things, and I use this example in the video I shot the other day, uh, but even little examples like at the end of service when we dismiss you uh, dismissing you into the aisles as you're leaving to be in close proximity to other people. And so uh, we just, we, we've tried to use a lot of wisdom and we've been anticipating the day when we can get back together in person because I can't wait for that day. Like it's gonna be a struggle even when we gather together not to hug you and high five you and, and all those kind of things. But uh, we've been anticipating that day and we are still planning for that day. But also, as we looked at the information that was made available to us, the shelter-in-place order still stays in effect through April the 30th. So even as other industries are opening up, if you don't have to leave your home, they're encouraging you not to leave your home. So through April the 30th, that's a reality. And then the state of emergency here in the state of Georgia stays in effect until May the 13th. For those that are elderly or medically fragile, they're encouraged to shelter in place through at least May the 13th. And so what we announced this last week is that we're going to continue meeting online through at least May the 13th. Uh, while I'd love to get back together more quickly than that, we are anticipating that at some point after that date, we will be able to gather, we'll make adjustments in how we gather and the things that we do. Uh, but we're going to continue to meet online and that looks like what we're doing right now, the Sunday morning services at 9, 15 and 11. That looks like our digital lobby experiences after those services so that you can be a part of that. You'll see the link in your comments section in just a little while towards the end of service to click on that, go into a Zoom room with other people and just connect and interact with one another, fellowship with, with one another, pray if necessary together about needs. We're also going to continue our digital discovery track on Tuesday nights for people that are trying to find their purpose, discover their purpose, and really connect to us as a church so that when we gather back together in person, there are more people uh, mobilized to be able to help uh, us accomplish what we believe God's accomplishing here through our church, but also for them to find greater satisfaction and fulfillment in life as they utilize that purpose to make a difference in the lives of others and then we're going to continue our G groups that are meeting online and, and all the things that we're doing. So that will continue uh, at least through May the 13th. And then as we get closer to that date, we'll update you about what we're going to do after that point. But I am excited because I know that even as all of this information's coming, there's a lot of opinions. And you've given, a lot of you have given great feedback about what you feel in this time. Some of you are uh, appreciative that we're gonna hold off because you don't wanna be put in a position where you've gotta make a decision about whether or not to come to church because we're open. Uh, and others of you are like, no, I'm out, I'm ready to go. Um, you've already got your nails done in the last 48 hours in a place that opened back up. And that's okay too, because I know there's a lot of opinions and decisions like this. Somebody sent me this uh, just this last week, somebody in our church, they sent it to us. Uh, it's their, you know, their kind of iteration on a, a scripture verse, but it says, as for me in my house, um, we're going to stay where we at, and uh, that's first isolation is 24-7, I think. Uh, but the idea being that for all of us, we have to make the best decisions that we can for our family and for us individually. So even when we gather together in person, some of you may feel like that the time's not right, and you're going to continue uh, to utilize the technology and the streams like this, which we'll continue to offer even when we're gathering together in person. You know, today I'm going to continue in the series that we started last week called Jesus Didn't Say That. And last week we looked at the idea that there are a number of things that people say in times like this and really throughout any given day, the year... Uh, where they they try to say something that sounds like something that Jesus said or it sounds like something that's in Scripture. But when they say it, I go, "Oh man, that's not actually what Jesus said or, oh, man, that's not even actually in the Bible. That's just like a really great fortune cookie or some other saying that tries to make us feel good. And last week, we talked about the idea that God just exists to make me happy. God just wants me to be happy. And while we talked about the fact that Scripture does say some things about happiness and joy, uh, when we put God in a position where he, He exists to make us happy, then God exists for us. Us rather than us existing to glorify God. And we said last week that, that God is more concerned with our holiness than He is with our happiness. And so if you weren't a part of that gathering, I would encourage you to go back listen uh, to the podcast and catch up. Today I want us to look at something that I've heard a number of times just over the last few weeks, and I've heard it all of my life, uh, but it it goes something like this: God won't put more on you than you can handle. God won't give you more. Than you can handle. Now, there is some morsel of truth in some of that because it comes from, it's derived from a scripture in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's actually my favorite verse in all of the Bible and has been since I was a teenager. And that verse of scripture says this it says, When you are tempted, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out. So in this verse of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it's talking about temptation, not stress, not circumstances, not pressure. It's talking about temptation. When you are tempted, God is faithful as the enemy comes against you in temptation. And God's faithfulness allows for you to find a way out against that temptation so that you can stand up under it. You can actually escape that temptation. And so we're talking about temptation there in that passage of Scripture. And he is faithful for you to to find a way out so that you can stand up and bear it. But when we're talking about, stress and pressure, there's not a scripture. Jesus never said that God won't put more on you than you can handle. And and, and when we read through scripture, we see a number of men and women in scripture who were overwhelmed by their circumstances. They were more than they could handle. Here's just a few. Gideon felt absolutely inadequate in the Old Testament. Moses felt absolutely overwhelmed by the needs of God's people. Esther felt pushed beyond her limit in standing up to The king David himself, after he sinned, felt completely ashamed and guilty of his own doing. Look at this in the words of David in Psalm 38, beginning in verse 4. It says, My guilt has overwhelmed me with a burden too heavy to bear. Verse 8 says this I'm exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. So even though it was his own doing, it was his own decisions, he was overwhelmed. God allowed for him to feel overwhelmed in that moment. Other men and women throughout Scripture felt overwhelmed. Even Jesus himself was overwhelmed in the garden just before he was arrested, just before he went to the cross. Look at this in Mark chapter 14, verse 33 and 34. Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. My soul is overwhelmed overwhelmed, Jesus said. This is the Son of God. This is the man who was 100% man, 100% God, uniquely blended together here on the earth, and he himself was overwhelmed. God allowed him to be overwhelmed by what he was walking through, and so he was overwhelmed. So if God sometimes does give us more than we can handle, why would he do that? What is it that God might be trying to accomplish in those moments? I think there's a few reasons that God would allow us to be overwhelmed or allow us to walk through circumstances that we can't handle on our own. Here's the first of those reasons. I believe he allows that to happen to reveal something about our hearts to us. To reveal something about our hearts to us Now, I know that this probably is prevalent in other places around the world, but because I live in America, I I look at this through a uniquely American mindset, and I recognize that in the United States, we have a tendency to be self-reliant. We are self-made men and women is what we feel so often. We are our own provider. We are the solution to our problems. And so what happens is when we come into moments of crisis, we tend to turn inward. We tend to look to ourselves to get us out of those moments of crisis. We tend to be the ones who think that we can do whatever is necessary in that moment. But ultimately, when we come to those moments where we are overwhelmed and we cannot handle on our own what happens, we recognize a need for God. Because so often what happens is we come to the end of ourselves. We recognize that we can't do everything on our own. If we don't get to that place, unfortunately, we live out the words of Proverbs 16, 18, which says, Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. I know in my own children... Uh, you know, we affirm them whenever they accomplish something great, when they get good grades, when they accomplish something on the sports field, when they, when they accomplish something in life, when they do what they're supposed to do at home. And, and if we're not careful, because we build in this culture of affirmation, if we're not careful, we, we can generate, and I watch this sometimes to rise up in our kids, a, a sense of pride. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. And we always try to help deflect that back. Like, yes, you made good grades, but that just means that your teachers did a good job instructing you. Yes, you perform well on the field, but that just means your coaches did a good job helping to prepare you for the game in preparation. And so we try to help them to see that they are not self-made boys or girls. We want them to understand that pride brings on destruction. When we have a haughty spirit, when we have a sense that we are self-made, when we've done everything on our own, when we are the ones who have accomplished everything because of what we can do and who we are, then if we're not careful, that actually leads to us falling. Pride, it blinds us to the reality of, of who we are. It also pushes God out of our lives, and it makes us believe that we're better and stronger than we actually are. And so what we have to recognize is that sometimes God allows situations in our lives to overwhelm us, he allows us to go through some things that we can't handle on our own, where we come to the end of ourselves so that we don't develop pride, so that we don't develop a haughty spirit, and we don't think that we are the only ones that we need to accomplish anything in our lives. Because when things are good, it is difficult to recognize some of those hard issues. I mean, when life is good and there's money in the bank and we've got our job and there's no threat of being laid off or furloughed, when when there's nothing happening that's negative in our home and in our marriage and with our kids or with our parents and when the grades are good and and the money's good, like when everything is good, none of the cars are broke down, like everything is good. Our heart sometimes is hidden by the good. But it's in those moments of stress, it's in those moments of fatigue, it's in those moments where the money begins to run out, or we begin to hear the rumors of layoffs, or we begin to see crisis around us. We get a bad report, or we hear the conversations around the water cooler. Like when those things begin to happen, those are the moments that our heart actually begins to rise up, and we start to see those those nasty parts of, of who we are. We begin to see some pride. We begin to see some entitlement. We begin to see some anger, and, and we begin to see those things that, that are often hidden when things are good. It's in those moments that we recognize, oh, maybe I've got a heart issue. Maybe there's something in me that needs to be dealt with. One of my favorite verses of Scripture is in Psalm 139, verse 23. It says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts thoughts. You know, over the last few weeks, uh, I've been a little more in tune to my kids' school and educational efforts. It's not that I'm i am not always connected to what they're doing. I, I sign the agenda at night for the, the things that their school requires for some of the younger kids, or I see their homework, or I see the report cards, the progress reports, and so I'm connected on a, on a regular basis. Uh, to what our kids are accomplishing. But because they're doing school in our homes right now, and the digital learning and the things that their teachers have provided for them to be able to continue to learn and and to accomplish educational efforts, even as we're not able to meet together uh, in schools there, I'm actually watching some of the things that I experienced myself when I was in school. I'm watching some of the instructional rhythms that teachers provide to their students I've been so encouraged to watch the efforts of of the teachers of my children as they've continued to provide incredible instruction to our kids. And so when they come time to finish, you know, some lesson or they're about to be tested or quizzed on it, man, those teachers provide review opportunities. And so they're gathering together into video chats and and other things so that they can hear. Do the students grasp this knowledge? Do they understand? And they're doing review questions before they're going to be tested on it. Because I remember from when I was in school, which is becoming longer and longer and longer ago in the rearview mirror, and I I watch as my own kids are now in school, I, I recognize That a teacher tests you over material to make sure that you have a competent understanding of that material before they take you into new material. The idea being that before they can move you on to chapter eight, they've got to make sure you understood what happened in chapter seven. Because if not, you're going to get into chapter 8, and you're not going to be equipped to do what is necessary in chapter 8 until you know what you needed to know in chapter 7. And so they teach you the lessons of chapter 7, and they teach you the lessons, and then they review with you. And I've listened onto these video chats that my kids have been on, and if a child, whether it's mine or somebody else's, if they don't understand the concept, then the teacher will continue to review that concept and say, no, remember, this is what we worked on this past weekend in our in our work or our homework. This is what we were working on in that lesson that we did on Tuesday. And so they would continue to review and they circle back and they circle back to make sure that the children understand the concept so that they can take the test and they can make a good grade that shows they have an understanding of that knowledge so that they can move on to the next chapter, the next piece of material. When I think about that in the context of our lives, I recognize that there are so many of us and I've had a, a number of conversations with many of you over the last few years and maybe even in the last few months where you are ready for God to lead you into the next season of life. You are desperate for God to, to take you into whatever your tomorrow is. You, you want the dreams of your tomorrow, and you want the things that you believe are destined for you out there in front of you, and you don't believe that you fully grasp those things yet, and they haven't come into your life yet, and so you're ready, and you just feel like you're circling. You just feel like you're, you're kind of in a, in a loop here, and nothing's happening. But could it be that God, who is our loving Heavenly Father, That he recognizes that you and I have not grasped something in this season, in this chapter in this moment of life. And so he can't yet take us into the next season because we haven't learned what we need to learn in this season. Could it be that God is actually searching us? He's reviewing us. He's evaluating us because we've given him permission to. And he is testing us. And he recognizes through that testing that we are not yet ready for the next chapter because we haven't fully grasped this chapter. And it leads to an obvious question for me today. God, what is it that you're trying to teach me? God, what lessons have I not learned yet? Where are the places in my heart and the places in my life where I'm not trusting you fully yet, where I'm looking to myself and and I'm dependent on my own ability to provide and to be the solution? And so God, can you continue to test me? But God, would you help me to pass this lesson? Would you help me to trust you more and to lean not in my own understanding, the Proverbs tells us, but to acknowledge you in all of my ways? God, would you help my faith in you to grow? And God, would you help me to be more and more dependent on who you are? I want you to test me. I want you to search me, God, so that I am fully dependent on you, so that you can take me into this next season. Search me, oh God. Test me, oh God, and teach me what you need to teach me so that I can walk into the tomorrows of my life. Could it be that God knows we can't take on tomorrow yet because we haven't learned the lessons of today? Sometimes, I believe God allows circumstances in our lives because he knows we haven't learned the lesson yet these circumstances may be more than we can handle and he's just asking us just if you'll just look to me i'm enough if you'll just look to me i'll show you the way out god does allow sometimes for things to come on us that are too much for us to handle on our own and he's using them to teach us and to search us, and to evaluate us, and to review in our heart, and allow us to see those same things that rise up in those moments. So we would say, God, I need to trust you more. The second thing that I believe God allows sometimes for situations to come at us that are more than we can handle on our own is to prove that he is enough for us. It's not just for us to see something in our own heart, but it's really to see his heart, and to see his strength, and to see his ability the apostle paul teaches us this lesson in the new testament in second corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 when he says this but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that christ's power may rest on me what we see him saying here is that it's when i am weak that he is made strong that his power, his strength, his purpose is fully realized in me when I am overwhelmed, when I am weak, when I recognize that I'm not enough, when those places of my heart creep in and I recognize, man, there's some stuff in me that's nasty and, and it doesn't reflect God and his character and his nature. And okay, so, so how do I replace that? What do I do in the absence of those things? I, I, I trust that God is enough. I believe that he's always enough I remember as a little boy and I've talked about this a number of times I remember as a little boy hearing my parents make this statement over and over and over again if I look back on my childhood this is probably one of the greatest takeaways for me and all of the things that my parents said and all of the things that my parents did this is one of the things that I've never forgotten I remember my dad saying it. I remember my mom saying it. I remember them preaching it publicly and proclaiming it privately. I remember when my mom was walking through her her bout and her battle with sickness and disease in her body and she would proclaim this truth over and over and over. And it's this truth. When you come to the moment that you realize God is all you have, you recognize that God is all you need. When you come to the place where you look around and You don't have the friends that you thought would stick with you. You don't have the strength that you used to possess. You don't have the money or the possessions that you tried to store up. When you look around and you don't have the job or you don't have the the, the answers and there's uncertainty and anxiety and fear and all, when you look around and all you have is God, you recognize that he is all you need. And for some of us today, that's the truth that we need to hold on to. That's the reality that we need to grasp a hold of. When we come to the place where we find out God is all we have, we recognize that God is all we need. His power is made perfect in our weakness. Psalm 46.1 says it this way, God is our refuge and our strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. I said it last week. God never promised us that we would have an absence of trouble. He actually promised that we would have trouble because we live in a fallen and sinful world. But even in the midst of that trouble, he said, take heart because I have overcome the world. It's a temporary situation. He is ever present with us. He promises never to leave us nor forsake us. He promises to walk with us every single step of the journey. All of our struggles, all of our circumstances are an opportunity to increase our dependence on God. God, every single one of them. God, what are you trying to teach me? God, how can I trust you more? God, how can I be filled with more faith in the midst of these circumstances which want to produce fear in me? God, how can I depend on you? When we don't understand, we can still trust. And so while there will be circumstances that are more than you can handle, here's the greater truth today. God will never put on you more than he can handle. While there are moments in time where you may experience something that's more than you can handle by yourself or I can handle by myself, what God promises us is that he will never put on you more than he can handle. That's an important truth. That's an important reality for all of us today to recognize that God is faithful and he is an ever-present help in time of need. Here's what I've recognized in my life to this point often life is harder than I thought it would be. There are moments that are more difficult than I thought. But the greater truth and reality is this, that God is more present and more faithful than I ever knew he could be. And so my hope and my prayer for you today is that even when you walk through, whether it's now or in the future, even when you walk through moments that seem like they're more than you can handle, that you will find the strength of God in your life and you will know that nothing you are walking through is more than he can handle. I want us to pray, and so I'm going to ask you right where you're at just to bow your head and close your eyes. Unless you're driving, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes right where you're at. If you're in your living room, you're on a couch, you're in your bedroom, maybe you haven't even gotten out of bed right now and you're watching on a device. Maybe you're listening by podcast at some point in the future beyond Sunday morning. If it's possible, I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes right where you're at. Spend a moment, personal reflection this is that moment where you can ask God God search me test me help reveal in me anything that doesn't reflect you and right now as you do that there are some of you that may say hey I know for sure that I need to acknowledge God as the Lord and Savior of my life I need to ask him to forgive my sins and to lead my life from this moment forward I need him to change where I would spend eternity if eternity started in this moment If that's you right where you're at, would you just do us the honor of just lifting your hand? It's just taking a step. It may feel silly right where you're at, but I promise you, this is is not a wasted moment. Just lift your hand right where you're at. If you're watching there on the stream, I encourage you, click the button if it's available that says I'm accepting Christ right now. Just raise your hand digitally. Maybe you just type it into the chat. I'm accepting Christ as my Savior today. I'm trusting God with my eternity right now. We would love to follow up with you and help you take that next step. Maybe today... That's not what you need. You say, hey, it's not about salvation for me. That's, that's, a, that's a line I've already crossed. I don't think that's my issue today. I need to trust God more. I need God to test me, and search me, and I need to maybe learn some lessons in this season so that God can take me into some future seasons, into the next chapter. And if that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? We'd love to pray for you here in just a moment. And I believe we're connected. Wherever, wherever you're at, whatever room you're in, I'm gonna be praying for you in this room, and we're connected today asking God to help you to trust him more than you ever have before. God, we love you today, and we thank you that you are a God who answers prayers. We thank you, God, that we can trust you with our lives, trust you with our eternities. And so, God, I pray now for every person that lifted their hand to acknowledge their need for you to be the Lord and Savior of their life. God, forgive their sins and lead their lives from this moment forward. We believe that you're changing their eternity, God, and we believe that you're changing the trajectory of their family as it relates to faith, for generations to come. It's why we exist. So God, we thank you that they've chosen to take this faith-filled act in this moment. God, I pray for those now who lifted their hands to say, I need to trust God more. I need to be filled with more faith. I need God to teach me whatever it is he's trying to teach me in this season so he can carry me into the next season. God, would our dependence on you grow today? Would we see you as an ever-present help? Would we see that you are made perfect and your strength is evident when we are weak and quit looking to ourselves, but God, look to you in times of trouble? God, I pray for every one of us, myself included today, that we would recognize that while there are circumstances and situations and moments in life that may be more than we can handle, there is never a moment that we will ever face that's more than you can handle. God, would we trust you with that reality? Would we honor you with that reality? Would we worship you because of that reality? God, we thank you for all that you have done today and all that you will do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.